Hey guys, uh, on today's episode, where the hell I've been, weaponizing the census, and the Trump Organization inquiry turns criminal. Let's go! Hello one, hello all, welcome to the Politics Mostly podcast. I am your host, Peter Ramirez. And yes, when I come back from a break, we're playing the intro music all the way through. We're not doing the shortened version, we're running it. (laughs) Now, uh, the last time you listeners heard from me, I was doing daily or near daily pods. And then I dipped for about a month or so. Uh, My bad. (laughs) For those listening that know me in real life, you know I love, love, love gardening, being outside in the springtime, all that kind of stuff. So that's where I've been spending my non-working, non-sleeping hours uh, outside planting shit, essentially. And, you know, I live on a moderately busy road, and I'm not even making this up, but about once every 20 minutes or so, someone passing in a car will roll down their window and say, beautiful work, nice job, they you know, jokingly asked me if I can design their yard. Um, and there is nothing better than getting a well-intentioned compliment from a complete stranger. Uh, unless that stranger is a male and you are a female and the rationale behind the compliment is to get into your pants, in which case those probably fucking suck. <laughs> um, by the way, here are three really quick tips about like gardening and planting. If you have a house or a yard, you want to make it look nice that I've learned over the, the last month or so. Um, and they're kind of heterodoxical. Like, you'll see the exact opposite if you Google stuff. Uh, so these are outside of the mainstream, but definitely hear me out. Um, 17 random-ass strangers outside my house can't be wrong. <laughs> First, you want to focus on color, Okay. Uh, Like, everything I plant blooms or has non-green foliage. And this sounds like, well, no shit, obviously. But if you read articles or if you watch YouTubers and all these plant people, they tell you to focus on evergreens a lot, shrubs that don't bloom or have any color, but they they keep their leaves in the winter. And the thinking is you want to have these shrubs or bushes mixed in so that um, in the winter you'll have something there, right? You'll, you know, something is is present. Um, I don't personally give a fuck what my garden looks like in the winter (laughs) it's 20 degrees and it's dark at three o'clock i'm not out strolling my garden um my ass is inside where it's supposed to be and it's also not 50 50 right like plants will start coming back in march and they'll last until the first frost in november so really these people are making their plant their beds non-colorful for the three months of december january and february when you're not even outside. So no thank you. So definitely focus on stuff that brings color. Two, forget about what the label on the plant thing says and pack those shits close together. Plant buckets 
you know, they'll say this gets X inches or feet big and it spreads this wide. And if you're going to plant multiple, plant them, you know, three feet apart. If it says plant three feet apart, plant two feet apart. Seriously. This was a game changer for me because you don't want spaces between your plants because spaces means you're looking at soil instead of colorful plants, and it means weeds. If you plant shit close together, it'll block out the sun for the soil beneath them, and you won't have any weeds. Also, more plants, quantity over quality. And lastly, and I can't believe I'm doing a a horticulture rant, but... Listen, I was gone doing field work for a, for a month, you know, out in the field, in the politics field, and I'm, I'm reporting what I've learned. And the third thing is you don't want to plant anything you don't want to. This also seems like common sense, but I don't know. There are like 11 plants that make up like 85% of North American yards, and people feel pressure to conform to that, right? Like there are, people love daylilies. To me, they look like weeds when they aren't blooming, and some bloom for like a day the entire year and after they bloom like the stalk turns wood and you gotta yank them they also self-propagate so if you plant them in one area and you're trying to plant a bed they end up growing and shit no 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 no. so this year i yanked most of them out of my yard i don't feel pressured uh don't don't feel pressured to get plants that are the most stocked at nurseries or that are very popular do your own thing it's your yard it's your bed do your thing okay that was an interesting way to start the pod. Uh, <laughs> one more thing, non-plant thing. So I logged on to my podcasting host platform thingy. You got to forgive me. I'm not really technical here. <coughs> and I was expecting to slip. I was expecting to slip because I haven't uh, put out a show in like a month or so. And to my surprise, I actually gained popularity. Uh, I was like seventh for, I mean, it's a kind of an obscure, like subtopics kind of thing. It's like North American political news podcast or something. And it's only podcasts that are hosted on this one server. Um, but I, I left at seventh and now I'm fourth and that, you know, I didn't do anything for like a month and a half. Um, and I actually gained popularity. I was looking at my numbers, and I got thousands of downloads since I last talked to you guys. And I'm not bragging. First of all, thousands of downloads is not a lot <laughs> compared to, like, the millions of, like, the big guys. Um, but I, I'm only bringing this up because if you're listening to this and I don't know you in real life, I need you to pause the podcast. Hit pause. Send me an email. And tell me how the hell you found this podcast, because I don't, <laughs> I don't promote it, I don't market it, I don't have social media for it, I don't have guests outside of one of the people I live with. I kind of just bought a mic and let it rip. So, if you want to help me out and tell me how you found this podcast, because there are thousands of you out there, and I know like twelve people in real life. <laughs> Pause the podcast, send me an email. Peter, here's my email address. Peter at PeterRamirez.org. One word. Peter at PeterRamirez.org. Uh, thank you. Maybe I will read some of your emails on air or something. Or maybe the emails will be so cringeworthy that I'll stop giving out my email or checking it. <laughs> so the main thing I want to talk about in the pod today is the census. And I promise it's not going to be boring. I promise I won't hurt. I promise I won't put you to sleep. It'll be good. 
because I want to talk about data, partisanship, headlines, media narratives, all the good, juicy stuff. So every 10 years, uh, I guess I'll give a quick background because I do have a lot of European listeners. Um, Every 10 years, the census dictates which states lose or gain members in Congress because the number of House members is constant, yet the population between states changes, right? So therefore, every 10 years, the growing states get more members and the shrinking states lose members. And it came out during my break, maybe a few weeks ago, maybe at this point, even a month ago, yikes, um, which states starting next year will be losing seats and which states will be gaining seats. And it really got the right-wing media apparatus here in America going, got them all fired up. So here's the headline from Fox News, uh, at least on their Instagram page. Uh, that was a one time I went on Fox News, like ugh, the Instagram page, like uh, maybe two years ago, because I wanted to see if they were covering something that like made Trump look bad. And now every like every time I'm on my Explore page, it's just like pictures of dogs, people working out in Fox News. So the algorithms are kind of fucking up. Come on, Zuck, get on it. <laughs> so here's the headline on the Fox News Instagram. Florida and Texas gain house seats as California and New York lose them. Uh, that's the headline. And end, end quote. Take a bow. Um, so this is very selective. And it made me actually look up all the states, all the data, and I can confidently report that we can go ahead and dispel some right-wing media narratives that came up over the last month over the census. And this is kind of like now my beat, right? I know I've kind of talked about like state politics. For whatever reason, I'm just like constantly defending blue states and being like, well, this red state sucks <laughs> or is overrated or something. Uh, I don't know why this has become my beat, but I do like to push back on, on this. So here are the states that lost a seat, Okay. California, Michigan, Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, New York. California, Michigan, Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, New York. And here are the states that gained a seat. Oregon, Montana, Colorado, Texas. They actually got two. North Carolina, Florida. Okay. So let's go back to the headline. Florida, let's break it down. Florida and Texas gained. That's true. But what they conveniently leave out is Florida only gaining one seat is their lowest addition since the invention of air conditioning. <laughs> Literally, since AC was invented, they have gained two or three or more seats every 10 years. But Florida's population growth has actually slowed to where they only have one additional seat. And Texas was projected to net three seats and only got two. So Florida had their worst showing in a generation and Texas underperformed. California, the second part of the headline, California losing a seat is newsworthy because I believe it was the first time uh, they lost a seat in their history. But I'm not going to overreact. I mean, they go from, what, like 55 electoral votes to 54. That's, you know, still the biggest state. And New York was like 87 people away from not losing a seat for the first time in like 60 years or something. So New York actually... 
slowed its its population stagnation um, relative to like the last seventy years. Um, so I want to go really quick into two right wing talking points that have kind of emerged over the census data, and I guess the, the overall theme of what I'm about to talk about is if you have a large data set and you want to make a partisan headline, you can make a partisan headline very easily. And technically, what they wrote in that headline was true, although it kind of insinuates that, you know, red states are getting bigger, blue states are, are getting smaller. And that's where I'm going to kind of not fact check, but offer a, a counter opinion. So, you know, I could have I could look at the same data set that Fox News took where they said uh, Florida and Texas gain as New York and California loses. And I could, with the same data set, and we could both be true, say West Virginia and Ohio lose seats as Oregon and Colorado gain them, right? Now, in my, in my version, in my headline, two red, seat, two red states are losing a seat and two blue states are picking them up. So it's really easy to cherry-pick data and write partisan headlines. Um, so... The, the first kind of narrative the right spun out there was that, you know, red states are gaining, blue states are losing, right? So seven states lost seats, which I read earlier. Two of them are swing states, Pennsylvania and Michigan, right? Trump won both in 16, Biden won both in 20. So these are swing states that are very competitive. So I don't think of Pennsylvania and Michigan as blue or red. I think they're competitive, so let's get rid of those two. Two of the seven states that lost seats are, are um, red states, Ohio and West Virginia. West Virginia is the third reddest state in the entire country. So of the seven states, two are swing, two are red, and three are blue. Um, Illinois, New York, California. Is that really a convincing data set where you can kind of make your own hypothesis or theory? <laughs> two purple, two red, three blue. I mean, I feel like that's literally the odds of just dropping seven pins on random states and like, like uh, what would come back um, just like based on probabilities. Now, in terms of the states that gained, six states gained seats, right? Because Texas was two. So Texas, North Carolina, Montana are red, but Oregon and Colorado are blue and Florida. I don't know what the hell Florida is. <laughs> Florida is Florida. Obama won it twice. Trump won it twice. Historically, it's been in the middle. So I consider it a swing state personally. And it makes sense because that's where all the election money is spent every cycle. So in terms of the gaining, six, six states gained. Three are red. Two are blue. One's a swing. Once again, I don't view this as a compelling data set for anything. If you told me seven states lost seats and they're all blue, and the six states that gained seats, five or six of them are, are red, I'd be like, okay, that's probably enough to make a hypothesis. <laughs> but what we're dealing with is just a random series of states, uh, regardless of political uh, affiliation. And by the way, here are a list of states that since 1900 have either lost population every decade or have yet to eclipse the national average in population growth. So these are states that don't grow or when they do grow, they don't grow as fast as the rest of the country. Um, Wisconsin, Iowa, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Missouri, Nebraska, Kansas. 
These are states that have never uh, outpaced national average growth. Or they've even, in some cases, had population growth. Uh, uh, excuse me, population decline. So two are swing states, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and five are red states. So here I am, partisan headline maker. I'm thinking, why are so many red states failing to attract young people, failing to attract a new population? I don't know. And the second talking point that was like very common on the internet was that it was about taxes, right? Um, look at all the people who are fleeing high tax states to go to low tax states. Um, so once again, I'm looking at the data and it's not really painting a picture either way. And one quick note about state taxes, um, most of them are pretty progressive, meaning there are different tax brackets and the more money you make, the higher your rate is, right? So for example, in New Jersey, the top rate only applies to those making $5 million a year or more. And I don't need to look at economic data to know that most people, including yours truly, do not make $5 million a year. <laughs> so there is a caveat that some of these numbers are funny numbers anyway, right? They may seem high, but in reality, if you look at who's paying these rates, it's not people like you and me. So let's look at the states that lost, right? California is high, 13.3% state income tax rate. New York is somewhat high, 8.8%. West Virginia, a red state, is also somewhat high, 6.5%. But the other states that lost seats actually have relatively low tax rates. Michigan, Illinois, Ohio, and Pennsylvania are all less than 5%. Now for the gainers. Florida and Texas famously have no state income tax. Well done. We all like that. But some of the states that gain seats actually have some of the highest state income taxes, across the country. Oregon is 9.9% and they gained a seat. Montana is 6.9%, also nice, uh, and they gained a seat. North Carolina is above 5%, they gained a seat. Colorado is about the national average, so I don't know. Why did four states with state income taxes below 5% lose population? And why did high income tax states like Oregon and Montana actually gain a seat and population? So I don't like to leave you, my valuable, loyal listeners, with these kind of unanswered questions, right? <laughs> I actually looked into the data. I looked into a lot of writing about this, and I can confidently say I do have the answer as to why some states lost population or slowed population growth and why some states gained. And the answer is not sexy, unfortunately. Here's how Reed Epstein at the New York Times put it, quote, The census numbers show America continuing its long population shift from the Northeast and the Midwest to the South and the West, end quote. That's it. That's the answer that the data supports. People are continuing to move to where the weather is nicer from the Northeast and the Midwest, where we all came with Ellis Island and the factories to the south and the west where the weather is nicer and where the population diaspora has been occurring for literally decades now. So sometimes the answer isn't insightful or nuanced, but hey, I'm just kind of reporting the facts. <laughs> um, lastly, and this may surprise people, but I'm going to come out and say it anyway. 
So the last news story of the day, the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, uh, she announced that the inquiry into the Trump organization is now criminal in nature, not just civil, which is what it had been. Uh, Now, among the many things the Trump organization is being um, investigated over is they inflated their assets allegedly. Everything is allegedly. I don't want to get fucking sued, please. I don't make any fucking money from this shit. I don't want to get sued and be and be <laughs> and be less than zero dollars. Uh, allegedly, the Trump organization inflated its assets to get loans from private banks. Right? They said you know they had a building. It's worth a billion dollars. They said it was worth three billion dollars, as an example. And that means you have more collateral. You can take out a bigger loan. And conversely, for tax reasons, they depreciated their assets, right? So that building that's you know worth a billion dollars, they said, oh, it's worth two hundred fifty million dollars. So the tax bill is a lot less. Um, that is called fraud, among other things. You are defrauding the bank and you're defrauding the tax man. And I can tell you, as a matter of fact, that if I defrauded a bank or if I defrauded the tax man, I would have been in jail yesterday. But here's where I'm going to surprise users. I don't care about this story. I am officially going to punt this story back into the stratosphere from which it came. (laughs) Because I don't care. I'm done with this whole Trump watch, Trump going to jail. It was such a seductive story. I remember, you know, I do write on the internet. And I have metrics. And I look at them. And any time I wrote a story about Trump and investigations or, or the possibility of Trump going to jail, the numbers were crazy, really high. That's what people want to re- read about. If you really dislike someone, you wouldn't mind that they went to jail. <laughs> um, but I'm done. I'm done getting my hopes up. I'm done thinking this guy will ever be held responsible for his actions. Um, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He's also, like, in his mid-70s and, and obese. Like, I think the end is... Oh, now I have to be really careful because the Secret Service. Okay. Um, people in their 70s who don't have good health can perish from natural causes. I think I'm good there. <laughs> I think I, I think that won't get me in trouble. Um... It's very possible his life ends naturally before he even, you know, faces any of these investigations. So I'm officially done because we had the Mueller investigation with the 10 counts of uh, um, obstructing justice that went nowhere. We had two impeachment, um, two impeachments. We've had these stories come up, the niece, the tax returns, you know, all this stuff comes up. He doesn't pay taxes. He's. He defrauds banks. He, you know, his university is declared a fucking Ponzi scheme by a federal judge. I mean, and there is no jail. There's no there's no nothing. And there never will be anything because he'll never be held accountable for his actions. I'm very sorry. I'm assuming most of the people listening to this are liberal or progressive would like to see Trump held accountable. But unfortunately, I just don't think it's ever going to happen. So Apologies. Apologies to my listeners. But that's what separates me from the other podcast people. I'm not I'm just gonna tell you how it is. I'm not gonna tell you what you want to hear. <laughs> Trump will never go to jail. I'm sorry. Um although one quick thing while I'm on this topic, because I wanted to talk about this earlier actually, but it just kind of never came up naturally. Um Trump so 
<laughs> I was on Trump's blog <laughs> from the desk of John Donald J. Trump, which is, I mean, honestly, it's kind of pathetic that when he got booted off Twitter, he started his own blog from his own website. And he's so desperate to get on social media and to go viral that there's all these buttons to click if you want to just copy and paste what he said onto Twitter or Facebook. Um, it is kind of sad. I don't take any enjoyment in it because it's it's more sad than funny, although it is a little bit of both. Um, I was on his blog, and I noticed he unleashed, I think it was like a 1,000 words or something, a very long post about this story that broke a few days ago that now they're not looking just to sue Trump, the, the government, but also potentially criminal charges, meaning incarcerations possible, jail. Um, and it was – the story was so uh, – the, the blog post was so rambling and long and incoherent, just sentence fragment after sentence fragment incoherent, jumping around. It was kind of like me doing a podcast, frankly, <laughs> that I honestly don't know what's going on here. I, I hope he's okay mentally. It was very hard to read. I sat there and tried to read it, but he would start to make a point, and then he'd say like some phrase that is used in you know, 13 angry Democrat witch hunt. And I'm thinking, wait, so now we're talking about Mueller. Like he, he speaks his own language and you can really only understand what he's talking about. If you follow Fox news and like the right wing media apparatus, because he'll just throw out these phrases that you, you have to like really follow right wing news to even know what they mean. Um, but the, but one point he made was, this attorney general, Letitia James, um, campaigned on holding Trump accountable. And I went back and looked at some of her quotes. It's not like, elect me and I'll throw him in jail. It's not that bad. You know, she was asked in, like, debates and on the campaign trail, would you look at Trump and the Trump organization? And she said things like, you know, no one's above the law. We'll take a look at anything, you know. Uh, you know, politician stuff. So first of all, he made it sound like she was out here campaigning, like, vote for me. If you vote for me, Trump will be in jail. And then she never said anything, like, remotely like that. And second of all, um, the thing we need to keep in mind when you see that talking point on Fox News or, you know, say maybe some of your Republican friends that, oh, this person has a vendetta. This is all about vengeance. She said she's going to throw Trump in jail, and now she's doing it. Um, she, even if her investigation, and she also announced she's partnered with the Manhattan DA, Cyrus Vance, the Southern District of New York, um, if they find that Trump himself or the organization committed criminal conduct, uh, Trump will get due process, right? There will be a grand jury. There will be a regular jury. There will be um, discovery. He will have access to defense attorneys. Um, he can offer his own version of events. He can take the stand if he so wants, right? Like, there are all these protections. It's not like someone wants you in jail, you're in jail. Like, you can still go to trial. And second of all, how can I phrase this without getting in trouble? Um, I, 
even if she really wants Trump to go to jail, and maybe she feels that way in her personal life, she can't make things up. <laughs> right? Like, is she... Does she have a paper trail of criminal conduct, or is she making that up? If Trump never committed crimes, he wouldn't go to jail. And that's what they don't realize. Even if this person is a liberal, progressive Democrat from a blue-ass state who campaigned on, I'm going to throw Trump in jail, none of which these things are not true, um, she can't, she's limited in... What she can charge Trump with based on what Trump did, right? There is a reason even red states that hate Obama are not opening up criminal inquiries into the Obamas or blue states into Bush because they didn't commit criminal acts. So spare me the whole this is about vengeance and it's a vendetta and it's no, 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 no. He committed crimes. And if that's what the investigation finds, then let a jury of his peers decide. He'll have his opportunity. He'll have his day in court, right? Um, so that's really <clears throat> what I want to talk about. I don't care. The That's where I've been. Uh, I've been doing a lot of gardening. Happy to share with things I've learned along the way. Um, be careful about people who say... The census said that, you know, red states are growing, blue states are shrinking, people are moving from high-tax states to low-tax states. These are not based on evidence, not based on the data, at least the data I've looked at. Um, And lastly, I don't care about this Trump story. He's not going to jail. Um, I'm officially canceling this story. It It no longer exists. I've been tantalized for far too long. I'm no longer getting my hopes up. I hope you, the listener, follow my path. It's the path to serenity and to peace of mind. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all I have for you guys today. 30 minutes, a quick 30. Um, thank you guys so much. I will be trying, I'll try to make these more in the future. Have a wonderful day.